Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We have a Patreon out there, and I think that this book is going to uh, be Kayfabe affected. Uh, if you are a King Kayfaber on our Patreon, you have the opportunity to watch us live stream these recording sessions in real time or hit the link uh, in the Patreon. You could watch these videos whenever, but also uh, you get all the videos delivered to you well ahead of time before anybody else completely mitigating the kayfabe effect which means that you get uh, the first dibs on the comics that we talk about in the aftermarket but these videos are brought to you by the comic books that we make and uh, on the stands right now i have uh, red room trigger warnings red room the anti-social network trade paperbacks but we're um, soliciting the next round of red room comics called crypto killers uh, to your comic shop issue one and two are able to be ordered uh, right now from your shop it's the 10th year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree. There are four volumes of that. Please support that comic. X-Men Grand Design is in three volumes and one giant omnibus. And uh, WYSIWYG, uh, the hardcover, you can find in better comic shops everywhere. The time is now. Uh, Jim Rugg's Hulk Grand Design is out there uh, in Treasury Edition format at your local comic shop. Scoop it up sooner than later because you will uh, regret it when everybody else buys them and uh, there is a lull in printings. So... Don't let uh, the fear of missing out bite you in the ass. Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive is out there uh, right now in its second printing. And Princess of Poverty is going to be the next round of Street Angel uh, collections uh, sort of coming out uh, sooner than later. And Plain Jane's, Jimmy's uh, shoujo manga, is out in the wild. Now, you used to see this ad in the back of like uh, Love and Rockets and Prime Cuts and that era of Fantagraphics comic. We are looking at the best comics of the decade, volume two. Uh, what a list of contributors, man. Just look at that cover first, man. You got Los Bros, Jaime and Gilbert represented there. You flip it on the back, you got Robert Crumb right there. But let's, for the podcast listeners at home, man, you got Sergio Aragones, Linda Berry, Mark Beyer, David Boswell, Charles Burns, Eddie Campbell, Paul Chadwick, Raj Chast, Dan Klaus, Robert Crumb, Kim Deitch, Will Eisner, Hunt Emerson, Joyce Farmer, Sherry Flanagan, uh, Rick Gary, Larry Gonick, Los Bros, uh, Christine Critter, Crider, uh, Carol Lay, Jerry Moriarty, Dan O'Neill, Dory Seda, Gilbert Shelton, and Paul Mervides, Mark Allen Stamity, Jim Woodring, and Dennis Warden. Jimmy, this book represents probably the first time I read well, well more than half of those uh, cartoonists' names that I just mentioned. I got this. This might be one of, like, say, maybe the first five to ten trade paperbacks that I ever uh, got my hands on. Uh, and what a beautiful opportunity to sample new cartoonists. Were you just blown away? Because I did not have anything like this early on. And I'm reading that list, and it is like, man, we have featured probably more than half of those artists. You know, like, that is an incredible list. Talk about aging well. I feel like many of those cartoonists went on to have much higher profiles than just making it into this volume in the 80s, you know? Yeah. And it just, like, there are these things, especially pre-internet, Rosetta Stones, yeah. tools, you know? Like, like for a young cartoonist, this must have just made your brain grow 10 times or Exactly something. that, man. Like, later, and, and dude, I got this in the image era, right? Like, like after being sort of abused by by those guys who were going for the short money, and putting out garbage comics, uh, I I matured enough that like I was never there for the Witchblade shits. I was never there for like 
for like even the authority and like all that kind of stuff like later for that this I, you grab this anthology it gives you a couple dozen names you read this and the ones that you like most go get those comics yeah exactly look at boy just looking at pages like his silhouette looks so good yeah that's gilbert hernandez uh for for the for the people playing yeah at home. yeah my, my bad there um, and we've been looking at those as we continue to go through love and rockets i think we've looked through the first several issues four of issues those. i believe um oh man linda berry linda berry one of the best speakers i've ever seen yeah uh, an event with a comic book maker arnie pook's comique is uh this is her uh weekly strip that would have showed up in alternative weeklies uh, across the country uh her along with charles burns and matt graining represent like that era of uh, alternative comic uh, artists who kind of created a new model sort of based a little bit on you know the undergrounds and just uh, they, they they created a niche for uh, places for there to be comics uh i knew her work at this point because i definitely saw uh comic book confidential which she was a part of and uh there was an earlier anthology when, when I went to my library, man, Slim Pickens as a kid, right? I would always get out uh, comics by Les Daniels. I would get out some of these other weird uh, books that that were like how to make comics kind of things. and But very old ones. We showed off one of those like uh, on, on the channel. But there was a mid, there was like a late 90s, no, it was like mid 90s anthology from maybe like a double day like a like a proper you know book five big five new york book publisher it's called mind riot and i think it had a peter cooper cover it's the first time i saw carol swain i think maybe phoebe glockner was in there and maybe one or two other comics that like cartoons that like really hit hit big um i'm saying that and maybe it's they're they're all dope it's been a long time since i saw that but uh that was a really sweet anthology that when when it came to pittsburgh you know the the homestead library that i started to grab out regularly so this was adjacent to that and uh charles burns it's a guy i knew for comic book confidential also so uh to get a couple of you know three pages four pages of burns drawing too like talk about you know something that would leave a mark as a reader oh absolutely absolutely man yeah, it's really strong stuff. Sherry Flanagan, once again, know her from Comic Book Confidential. So, so these are names. Like I chose, I could have got both volumes at the time. Uh, I chose this one because it had the 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 most names that I recognized uh, at the moment. It, like the the deck was stacked. You know, Dan O'Neill was in Comic Book uh, Confidential. Trots and Bonnie, Comic Book Confidential. Carol Tyler, man, like one of uh, people that I've grown super fond of uh, in my professional career. She's such a sweet lady. I uh, love to have dinner with her whenever we go to uh, comic uh, festivals and things. Yeah, and, and somebody who really continued to develop over the Absolutely. next several decades. You Absolutely. know, like, like a lot of these cartoonists, I feel like their best work is after this, which is really cool. You know, like if you hopped on this, this is a, the 80s, right? Is, yeah. Is, so if you'd have grabbed this in the 90s and then just start following these cartoonists, like some of their best work lay ahead. It's true. This uh, Robert Crumb strip, always like struck me and in, in for many different reasons first off i love the 12 panel page i love the idea Th this would have been originally in weirdo magazine and when you read it i think it's an eight pager it is as substantial as a 32 page comic very dense uh he is we know his sketchbooks and we know the looseness of the hand and stuff and he uses rapidograph this is inked with rapidograph but 
it's way tighter so it suggests that it was penciled uh, ahead of time but it's really cool to see that tool that he uses in his sketchbooks like how he applies it to a comic that he intends to be put out in the world for publication and you can compare it with you know 1980 whatever year this is 1982 um sketchbook material like we have that i have the tashin book right in the other room and you can see the wobbliness of the line compared to like the more kind of confident hand that is being applied to the printed comic page stuff i look at the lettering and how small it is here and it really makes me wonder like how big are these originals yeah they he, might be too up i doubt it he does not draw that big that, that was like one of those revelations at the uh, pittsburgh biennial the carnegie biennial when he all his work was was there even like his old like it was barely like a, you know an 11 by 14 paper it's just so tight young sophie Mm. And look, they're California hippies, so they don't get like huggies for her. They get those like cloth uh, diapers that you got to put in the washer machine. Look at this shit, dude. Like capturing that wicker chair. Yeah, I think of Brian Boland. <laughs> <laughs> See how his crumb compares? How about or that how stuff, his man? Compares. Yeah, it's a really nice page. Just a relentless comic. I mean, what a what a headliner man how do you how do you stand up to this in in that particular issue of weirdo magazine i think of rick gary a lot he's too. another one of these guys that it's it's remarkable i mean what's he got 45 year 50 year career maybe yeah. at this point like just has put out so much work and has gone through evolutions in terms of style and content yeah this is that christine uh Kreider this is a name i didn't recognize me neither that stuff looks nice it does but but i it could be that there's not much more beyond anthology works like i don't know where this would have appeared yeah i wonder if this is something that would go in like a weirdo or some anthology right. of that type yeah eddie campbell this is my first eddie campbell i ever read this might be on the um days of the, the that ace rock and roll hotel mm -hmm. book boy i was so into him that's the other thing that uh fantagraphics has to negotiate with themselves when putting an anthology like this together sure you know the best comics of the decade uh yeah man Fantagraphics books are going to be in here, but then you have to sprinkle it. This is kayfabe, you know. Yeah, this yeah, is it's after mag. kayfabe. Like they're selling some of their own books with this book that it, they're selling. Yeah, it's after mag uh, to an extent, but stuff like this Larry Gonick shit, uh, you know, the um, the cartoon history of the universe type shits, that ain't Fantagraphics, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, it's the it's the dance that they have always had to do with Comics Journal by trying to do legitimate comics journalism as well as being a publisher of the comics that are talked about. He's a cartoonist I haven't read, but have seen, you know, those cartoon histories of the world a lot. Yeah. And it really makes me wonder, like, because there's editorial cartooning there. Yeah. And there's underground cartooning there. Um, you know, pretty interesting style. True. And a guy that found a big audience, you know, outside of the direct market. Dude, this is pre-fucking eight ball Dan Klaus, but recognizes one of the best, uh, you know, comics uh, of, the, of the decade. Surely this is uh, from, from weekly papers, I would imagine. Yeah, it looks like it. And I have uh, picture books of his. Mm. Um, a very detailed picture book illustrator type art. I think he's a New Yorker, that kind of stuff, but has done some really cool stuff. Dennis Warden, a staple of 80 anthologies. I've never read Stick Boy. <laughs> I've seen tons of it and just never uh, never read it. Some Will Eisner stuff. Probably this would have been serialized in like a Will Eisner quarterly from uh, Kitchen Sink. Love to see Sergio in here. Yes, you know, like it, it makes it makes so so much sense 
to put him in a in a book like this. Makes me curious where that would have appeared. Could have been a mad. Could have been. Who knows and then why. if like, it that is, that guy was all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it's that silent stuff, like like in Mad, a mad look at. Yeah. But then, fuck, now you got to license that. Carol Lay. I think this might be showing up in the next issue of Eleven Rockets that we have to cover, issue five. But a story I read endlessly. I've come to all of the Eleven Rockets. Well, no, I've I've come to a lot of them after the fact. I yeah. think I started with them, man, in the late forties of that right, first yeah. volume. So all of that stuff is later, and I never think about like where it lines up year wise because right. I come after, and it makes me really curious to like kind of do that like. What is coming out in 1984, 1985, you know, like any of these time periods? That's fun. Yeah, yeah, because it starts out in 82. So, like, what is what is the direct market landscape? Uh, yeah, exactly. Miss Mystic Comics? Wow. Mark Beyer? Um, I really like his stuff. Like, he was one of those early alternative cartoonists for me. Like, when I saw it, it was really easy to read for some reason. Because right. it's strange, you know, nobody's comics look like his. But at the same time, I found them really accessible. Yeah, this pushed... Uh, out into the wider culture, you know, I guess this is Amy and Jordan. It looks like them, right? Uh, this pushed out into the wider culture by way of liquid television in the 90s. That that uh, that program on MTV, it, that program used several uh, raw artists in different features. Drew Friedman uh, was a part of a couple of animations. Dog Boy, the Charles Burns uh character that he serialized yeah. yeah it was uh it was an actual like live action serial uh where with everybody's hair was like uh plastic helmets uh there was mark buyer look at how fine his line work is oh for sure like i'm looking at the parallel lines and the and the dots like they're such fine lines like man that's yeah. about two days of just drawing in those parallel lines kim deitch man this 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 might this might be my my strip from this uh i could see this that. issue this is this might be my standout my highlight when I started reading alternative comics, I think Stuff of Dreams around that time was, was I got hold of, and yeah. it was just blew my mind. Dan O'Neill, once again, knew him from a comic book Confidential, big big part of the uh, Air Pirates. Yep. Odd, Odd Bodkins, I believe. Uh, I like that drawing simple. style quite a bit. I do now. Uh, when I was a little kid, I couldn't make heads or tails, and I was like, what is that? Like, I'm definitely going to get to become a cartoonist if this is my competition. I really like this kind of organic hatching, which you don't see that often, yeah. and, and to make it work, I'm a fan of. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's actually an amazing comic, uh, and I think maybe even this image is what Paul Mervides is like, like boxing or drawing in um, the comic book Confidential, like whenever you see their name and their portraits. I think it might be that. This stuff is so uh, doodly. And then look at that. Look at how it ends. Yeah, wow. No idea where that would appear. When in doubt, I just say weirdo. Yeah, I wonder like... Because there's few few vectors. Yeah, when is World War Three being published? Yeah. That might have been a 90s book. It, 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 like, I do have so many of these just blank spots. Raj Chass bringing that New Yorker vibe to uh, this publication. Jerry Moriarty, Jack Survives, coming from Raw. Got his own one-shot. I just added concrete. Like I have a running list of like stuff to do on kayfabe, and I just added concrete to it. Yeah, um, it's cool to see that included here. Like I think about that book a lot. We've had some guests who talk about it. Yeah, and I think it's one of those like of the time, just a comic out of time. Sure, sure. And and I mean, in relation to this two set volume, this is the you know one of these is not like the other of both volumes. Certainly. You know, come from Dark Horse, very kind of straight up, what they would call ground level comics, mm -hmm. superhero adjacent. 
kind of comic. It is a really odd combination of stuff. Yeah. You know, like if you did that now, I feel like certain edges would be rounded in a way that would make it the Hollywood pitch or sure. something. But there are these qualities that are just raw in that book that make it so interesting now looking back. Richard Sala, we yeah. lost him during the course of kayfabe being uh, released. He, he, by the way, he gets uh, several uh, liquid television um, shorts. I like his stuff a lot. Yeah. I remember when he passed and you would see people memorializing him and talking about him and it was uh boy it was a just a who's who of great cartoonists i put hunt emerson in that larry gonick category where i've seen his stuff a lot but it's that same kind of cartooning that mm-hmm. is like i um acknowledge it but it's not interesting to me i don't care about it. i don't think i ever read this and for no reason it just doesn't you can't read everything dory Seda was a revelation to me and you know we lost her very very early i sh- i don't i don't know that she put out enough comics to yield like a 32 page comic i, I think she might there might be like one collection but uh she would appear in the pages of weirdo probably living in san fran or, or thereabouts so that like crumb could like get hold of this stuff to put it in the mag but this two-pager like was very important to me this is probably strip number two after that uh kim Deitch one to me yeah, not what I would have expected. That's really interesting. <laughs> like, like there's a weird version where um, David Boswell here. Yeah. Uh, almost a weird, like, Paul Chadwick-esque. Uh-huh. Like, within this grouping, it's a strange collection. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's just a weird comic in general. It is, for sure. Boy, and a lot of issues of it. A lot of pages of that out there. Yeah. Joyce Farmer. Boy, that's some pretty interesting growing. When I was doing uh, Hip Hop Family Tree stuff, like Volume 2, went to the uh, Miami Book Festival, and, and uh, I went there from Seattle, and the Fantagraphics people were kind of like rounding up all the Fantagraphics guys and girls who, who uh, are going to the Miami Book Festival. And Joyce Farmer had a book out when Hip Hop 2 uh, came out. Man, she was down there. I think that's one of the most interesting things of this collection is just what these cartoonists went on to do, many of them. Yeah. And, and how long they continued to be active. I mean, several of them are still making comics today. Sure. Jim Woodring from, from uh, the Jim era. Boy, that's an interesting one to think of the direction his career goes. Yeah, I mean... But it's it, another guy who's been active to this day. It's a, uh, it's a uh, autobiographical strip. Yeah, and you can almost imagine his drawing moving in the direction of a concrete. You know, it's very figurative here. Not a stretch to think like you could revise this a little bit and be uh, get your job at Marvel or certainly at Dark Horse or something. So here is the exact the actual Rosetta Stone uh, for young Eddie P, where you read the comics and the ones that you gravitate to most go to back to the biographical notes, and you read every section of the, these books, especially when you have maybe five trade paperbacks in total and yes, you know right. two boxes of comics. So like I'm now installing data into my mind of like the various comics that these people were participating in and things. So now this gives me the next round of stuff to hunt for because Dark Hawk ain't doing it. Yeah, this is how it used to be done. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's very it's private. much less information, so you could you could kind of store this stuff in your head or on your in your list or whatever. And uh, it but is it was a, a small list. And it is the formative years too. So like that stuff is going in there and and and, and sticking. But uh, it does also make me reflect on like how private it was, where like I had no person to talk to about this stuff. There's nobody who knew this kind of shit in my life. 
I, di- I didn't start talking about comics until I met you. Yeah, and I mean, this is pretty selective. You could walk into most comic book stores and people be like, out of Carol Tyler, I don't know exactly. what you're looking for. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry Moriarty, I never heard of him. It w- is very true. And like, you know, Ides would have probably been my, my big sp- spot for stuff. And uh, they didn't know. So it was very cheap to, to be able to get your hands on so much of this stuff. You know, it would, um, they would get it for whatever they would get it from the distributor. It would not sell, it would become dead stock. Yep. And the prices just would be nothing. But they were priceless to Eddie P. And the comics that I got from this back section, I, you know, started putting my Love and Rockets collection. I remember reading this and having dreams about Love and Rockets. What, what must those comics be like, man? Because this is the first ones that I really ever read. And it was just so exciting, so inspiring. I stood, stood I started this image um, for hours just studying the wrinkles and like how accurate yeah. it feels and how the lighting feels solid and stuff. The proportions of his, the, that whole figure proportions are amazing. It's true. Because they're cartooned it's up like goofy. a lot, but they're also cartooned up in completely different ways. It's it's a uh, Hall of Mirrors kind of version <laughs> of how we do human figures in comics because, you know, Marvel DC figures are equally distorted but in different ways. Right. One it's, of the other uh, things. It's a fun house. One of the other things I like made such note of for like myself as a kid, like just like learning drawing, is like the kind of 3D. Yeah. Uh, it really feels like these shoes are like wrapped around a, f- a foot that you could you get the proper sense of like all of the planes. Man, I just drew socks on a dude this week, like old time socks, and I wish I would have seen this image first. <laughs> that's such a better way to draw socks. It's that's funny. This the the last piece I have is the book itself, the format. This was a fanographic sort of default format. Yeah, know, the Love and Rockets trades were like this, but a lot of their stuff was like this. It's true, and it's it brings back so many memories to like when I started mail order cataloging some of those old fanographics books and things. Boy, that format just brings it all back. Yeah, it's, it's true. so interesting, like to me, how these companies develop. You right. know, like I'm sure they had a printer they liked. The format was something they knew, the nuts and bolts and cost and all of that stuff. And so a lot of their books would roll through in this format. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's a time period. Super important book for me. Uh, super important for just like developing further curiosity about the medium of comics uh, as a young, you know kid in pittsburgh with zero people to talk to about art or anything else man so had to sh- dug it out brought it up in conversation you know a month back or so found it while looking for some other stuff and had to give it some spotlight i'm thrilled to see it i've never looked at this book before so it's it's very cool because it is it does raise the uh, eyebrow whenever i started seeing this listed in some stuff we were looking at right i was very curious glad you had it yeah, you probably have all the, the comics that these comics uh, sh- sh- show up in, man. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. And we do have a Patreon where our King Kayfabers are getting first dibs on all the books that we talk about because they have access to these videos before anybody else. So please put pledge a level of support to the channel. Keep, keep, uh, keep the vids rocking. But... These videos are also brought to you by the books that we make. So, Jimmy, tell the people what you have out there. Hulk Grand Design, Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive, and Plain Janes are out now. Street Angel Princess of Poverty, pre-order that one now wherever you bought. Plain Janes, Deadliest Girl Alive, and Hulk Grand Design. You can also join me on my Patreon at patreon.com slash jimrug where you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics. You can see a lot more of my comics and original art, and you can see what I'm working on next. 
Red Room Crypto Killers 1 and 2 is being solicited and offered to your comic shop right now. So uh, let your co- comic shop know that you want to read the comic. Uh, get it put on your pull list so that we know how many of these things to print for you. Two trade paperbacks of that exist right now. I'm serializing the new Red Room stuff on my Patreon at this very moment for three bucks. More than 300 pages up there right now. Celebrating the 10th year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree in 2023. Four volumes of that out there, man. Please support that book. Give it a read. Uh, X-Men Grand Design. Three volumes of that. And WYSIWYG is out there. Jimmy, tell the people what else we have going on Cartoonist Kayfabe-wise. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, mugs, hats, fanny packs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. Another great way to support the channel. Given those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.